Welcome to the Business Balance Podcast. I'm Emma Langton, Mindset Coach and Hypnotherapist, and each week I'm bringing you conversations and coaching about getting the balance in business. We'll be talking mindset, strategy, boundaries, balance, and a whole lot more, so you can create a brilliant business life and still enjoy time off. You can find me at www.emmalangton.com, where you can join my newsletter, Or you can book a call with me so that we can have a chat about how to get this coaching to work for you in a really personalised way. You can find all the details of how to contact me in the show notes. Hello. So I'm back this week talking some more about resilience. And it's not just personal resilience that I'm talking about. Because, you know, whether you're running your own business, whether... Um, you're in a manager in an organisation, whether you're in a small company, your own actions, your own resilience can set the tone for the people around you. So it might be for you and your kids and your family. It might be for your workforce. It might be you as a leader or you as a business owner or you as, as a colleague. Whatever you do sets that tone with the people around you but you know when I talk go in and talk to managers in companies and I speak to them then there are things that they can do that mean that their abilities can reduce the stress and the strain on the workforce or it might be on your clients it might be on people in your team so that you can not only improve your own resilience but improve the resilience of the people around you because they're going to learn from you they're going to see the expectation that you set. You're going to model by example. And that's a perfect way to learn. So I'm going to be talking more today about how you can be managing your own levels of resilience. Okay. Because if you didn't listen to the last episode, then resilience is about what I like to call about being at the ability to bounce back. You know, some people call it that rubber ball factor. Um, So how quickly, how easily can you bounce back at times of difficulty or adversity or even just times that are really stressful um, or challenging or when you get setbacks? When you've got good resilience, it's your ability to kind of cope and to rise to those challenges. Resilience relies on different skills um, different kind of resources um, some of those might be about your physical health also your mental health um, relationships with those around you which again is why I'm saying you know if you're a manager or a leader um, or you're setting an example somewhere then that's important um, it's also about your thinking skills so there's lots of different things that build that resilience so that you can notice what's going around you, notice what's going on within you. And that was one of the challenges that I set in the podcast last week. And I explained a little bit about how you might think of your emotions as being that emotional bucket, go back and catch it, and um, about how you can begin to look at what um, things affect you throughout the week. So you can notice what goes on around you and what's going on inside your head. 
You need to be able to interpret those things and decide what's going to be a good course of action rather than kind of just get swept off into doom and gloom and think, oh my God, it's all rubbish and it's all over, you know, and oh, we're never going to be able to do this, you know, and and, and I knew it was a bad idea and, you know, or kind of, you know, as one of my daughters used to do, like just sit down and go, that's it, I'm rubbish, I can't do it. You know, we've built her resilience up and she will have a go and she will, um, this is particularly with her riding horses, but now she's very much like, well, you won't get the better of me and I'm going to have another go. And that's about your thinking capacity as well as the actions that you take. We need to look at who we reach out to, who we have around us. Because resilience is also about knowing who to ask for help, when to ask for help, which is something that I'll cover. It's also about your fitness, your mental and physical ability to be able to cope with things. Because you know, um, it's really easy to do the swan effect, isn't it? That I like to call it. You know, when you spend time, you're trying to look really calm and graceful on the outside, you know, and you're bloody paddling madly underneath or your mind's going 10 to the dozen and you're still thinking, oh my God, I can't cope. But outwardly, you look really composed and you don't give away any clues to anyone else. And inside, you've got an endless to-do list. You're absolutely shattered. You feel like you're not coping. You're overwhelmed. And, and you know, it's that, oh, yes, I'm really calm and composed under pressure. But inside, you just can't think clearly. Those effects can end up making us feel a bit ill. You know, the anxiety might come up or the stomach's churning. This IBS can come from this. Or you feel like, you know, you're just alone. There's only you to be able to manage to do these things. You know, and it can just all feel like it's too much. So what do we do about when we um, to build that emotional resilience to get it to a really good level? Well, we need to be able to start with by recognising our emotions. And I know I work with a lot of guys. I, I work with a lot of senior leaders. And when I say this to them, they're pretty much like, oh, really? Because a lot of them are quite analytical as well. And the way that their brains work means that that's the reason for them being the success that they are in their industry. However, when we recognise and understand and are able to manage our own emotions, then we're able to recognise, understand and influence the emotions of other people, whether that's staff, teams, family members. So being aware of our emotions... And how that impacts us and people around us, both positively and negatively, is a good thing. Especially when the brown stuff hits the fan. Especially when we feel under pressure. And then the next thing is to allow yourself to feel the emotions. You know, so being aware that they're there and um, and not just ignoring them, basically... So recognising that they're there. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to sit in your office in the middle of the day and you're going to end up, you know, kind of going, oh, I'm feeling so, you know, whatever it is, etc., etc., and that it stops you being able to function and it stops you being able to move forward. However, when you recognise and feel your emotions, 
then you may want to set aside a bit of time to allow yourself to just kind of have a look at them and allow the feelings to be there. So like when my mum died, then um, people were saying to me, you know, gosh, are you all right and stuff like that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, are you coping? Yeah. I pretty much spent about two weeks sat on the sofa crying, eating biscuits. And then I bought some really expensive tissues because the cheap tissues that I didn't think were needed particularly had wrecked my face. Okay. But what I'm telling you there is I allowed myself to feel the feelings. I knew it was going to be hideous. I knew it was awful. Granted, you know, I could set my own hours. I could give myself the time. And some people have got, you know, businesses to run, that demands in the work that they're in, etc. But it is about setting aside the time to feel the feelings. When we allow ourselves a good cry, when we allow ourselves to fully feel those emotions, then it can help us to feel less overwhelmed by them. And instead of trying to ignore them and pretend that they're not there, we allow ourselves to feel them. So where I did this, you know, just spent time crying, basically, is what it felt like. The thing is that there's a really healing power in crying. And I know there's this all this stigma about, you know, boys don't cry, stiff upper lip and all that kind of thing that I've mentioned on other podcasts but you know when you allow yourself to cry it's really healing because apparently this is one of these bits of you know really like snippety useless information that I have apparently when we cry we remove it removes toxins from our body and because our toxins build up from stress we are actually physically and emotionally letting go of the feelings without bursting into song or, you know, getting strung up on what Disney prescribes for people. It is good to let go of those feelings. It's not healthy to hold on to them. When we cry, our bodies naturally release healing chemicals so that we do actually feel a bit better after it. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend having a good cry just before a client meeting because it does wreck your face a bit. And I cry a lot less these days. So don't worry, I'm not going to burst into tears around you because I know how people around can get uncomfortable when you start crying. So you might want to pick your options, pick your time that you sit down and have a good cry. Okay. Joking aside, it's a good thing to do. Another way to let go of those feelings once you've you know allowed yourself to feel them is to do some visualisation. And I tell loads of clients this and they do look at me like I'm a bit daft. So there's some really sensible things that you can do, you know, like imagine that you're kind of gathering up all the thoughts or the feelings that are in you that are related to that negativity or that anxiety or that feeling that you can't cope. Maybe picture yourself putting them all in, say, a hot air balloon and letting them float off into the sky. Maybe you're in that hot air balloon and you're chucking out the feelings down onto the ground. Maybe you load them all up in a boat. I often guide people through these. Maybe you load them up in a boat and then you push the boat away and it floats out to sea. It can be anything like that, really. I once had a lady that I'd been working with and I said to her, you know, what would you really like to do with all this stuff? There was a lot of people that were causing a problem for her and things like that. What would you really like to do? 
and she said, well, I'd like to put it all on an island and blow it up. So we did that, actually. She felt so much better. And she still does that, apparently. She regularly keeps in touch with me. If you're listening, I'm just saying hi. And um, you know who you are. (laughs) But whatever works for you. You know, there's been people that have said, well, I'd just like to bash them over the head with a chair and things like that. Oh, some... You know, it brings, some things can bring up some quite violent tendencies, but the point is that you're not doing it for real. You're really not doing it for real. The key to this here is visualise. Visualise, visualise. Um, don't do any of these things for real, but you can do what works for you, and it can be really helpful. You know, like cathartic and therapeutic. There are some gentler ways you can write a letter to somebody, but just never send it. You know, so there are ways of getting out the, the, the worries, the thoughts, the feelings. So moving on to some more positive ways that can help to sort of um, support and build this resilience. You know, last week, as I said, I mentioned about this emotional bucket. And if it's too full of the negative stuff, then you need to find a way to release it. Like I've just said, you need to also then fill it up with some positive stuff. So look at what you can do to revitalize yourself. Look at the good stuff that you like doing. It might be spending time with your partner, your kids, your friends. You know, we are social mammals, if you like. We need connections with other people. We need conversations and interactions. We need to laugh. We need to find joy somewhere, even if it feels like it's pretty tricky to do. But think about the things that help you to boost your feel-good chemicals, to fill up that bucket. And then, you know, see where you can schedule in to do some of those things. Have a look at what you can leave. What stuff can you leave seriously now? Um, If (laughs) you can see my my face, I'm doing my cross face at you. Seriously, just leave the stuff. And before you moan at me, you can't possibly. Do you know what? If you're on burnout and you are, as I have done when the kids were really, really little, I just picked up this virus and I was in bed for a week. The kids loved it. One of them came to me and said, can I go to school in these shoes? I couldn't even lift my head. And I was like, yes, darling, that's fine. She went in a sparkly party shoes, right? But what's going to go on behind the scenes if you're, if you've got some virus that's knocked you out or you're on total burnout? You know, so if you're thinking about you can't leave things, then maybe you can. But whatever it is, you know, just leave it. It might be the housework, the shopping, the kids' homework, cleaning the car, whatever. And I know this is a shocking suggestion, but really, all that washing, tidying, some of the jobs on your to-do list, if you reassess them, they might not need doing right now. It all comes back round anyway. And I'm not talking about leaving stuff forever. I'm talking about leaving stuff when your bucket is full up. You're on the, I've had it up to here phrase, you know, or there's been a massive kind of incident and you're just full up overflowing. This is not about leave it for the, never clean your house for the rest of your life. Okay. Take some time out. And I'm not talking about the naughty step here either. Though if that works for you, that's just fine. I run a bath. Some people do Netflix, some people go for a run or some other sort of exercise, but they all create space in your mind and in your body. It's like your own personal hypnosis space. 
It allows the negative stuff to drain away out of that emotional bucket. It leaves space for good stuff to be able to come in. But, you know, if you're thinking about exercising, you know, or connecting with people, these all increase your feel-good chemicals too, which is a good thing. Prioritise. And this links in a bit with, you know, are you going to prioritise you? Are you going to prioritise what's important? But, you know, maybe you really need to get that sleep, even if it's an hour in the middle of the afternoon, instead of staying up late to try and get everything done. Or you really need to go shopping, you really need to eat a decent meal. You know, we all find it hard to function when we're tired, when we're not sort of nourishing ourselves on the inside, when we're not looking after ourselves. So never sacrifice your sleep, prioritise it. Never sacrifice the the nourishment of you, prioritise it. If there's something else personally that you need, put that to the top of your list. Because that's going to boost your ability to bounce back. you boost your resilience. Filter. I'm often talking to people about filter. You know, people only talk about the good stuff and then the really bad stuff. So when all it is that you're hearing at the office or on the playground of about people's achievements or if you're reading about it on Facebook or any other social media, remember that people are sharing what they want you to know. When I posted the other day about, I think I've done a couple actually recently on LinkedIn, I'm on a lot, saying, you know, that February could have really just gone down the pan for me and so I did this, this and this to cope. Um, And then I think I talked about I shouldn't really do this on the hoof on the podcast, should I? I should have checked this out first. I should even hit the pause button. But I talked about something else on social media um, and people were like, oh, it's really it's really good of you to be so honest and transparent um, to be able to talk about that. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's what you get with me. So um, whilst I won't necessarily be all over Facebook going, oh my God, my washing's not done. And, and um, you know, I didn't follow up with my accounts. My accounts are so out of date. And oh, when am I going to get them done? That's not the sort of thing that I put on Facebook. But I will talk about, do you know what? This was really, really tricky. And here's what I did about it. But generally, people are going to share what they want you to know. So they're going to share the good stuff. They are not going to talk about the fact that they are not coping or that there's some civil rivalry going on, you know, or that boss is getting on the nerves, or they've got a member of staff that's being really difficult. You know, they're going to tell you about the good stuff. They're going to be filtering. And so you can do that too. You can pay attention to what you want to pay attention to. You can listen to the good stuff, to the negative stuff, or you can just remove yourself a little bit for a while or set a timer on the amount of time that you spend on so, on social media so that you don't get dragged down so that other people are not draining you into that place of doom and gloom. You know, there are times when I can't watch programmes that are when people are like arguing a lot, even if it's supposed to be funny. You know, oh, there's programs that's a lot of kind of, you know, death and violence. There's loads of these ones, the detective ones and police ones and stuff like that. And sometimes I have to turn them off because I can't just can't handle that. I don't want to see that anymore. The bad news 
for my hubby is that sometimes I can get a bit noise sensitive, which means the noise of the crowd from a, in watching a football match or from the motor racing with that constant going round, it really gets on my nerves. And there's a clue that I've said to you about recognising, okay? That's one of the things that gives me a clue that I recognise. But then I also might say to him, right, I can't watch this, so shall I go somewhere else or shall we watch something else? So that we switch it off. Do you see? So it's that awareness and then your choice about what you do about it. So think about the kind of the good stuff that's going to be helpful for you to fill up your emotional bucket of resilience so that you can use that to bounce back and you can recognise when you might need a bit more of it and when you're okay with it. So those are some of the, the things that you can do this week. Next week, I'm going to be coming out with a whole list, a kind of A to Z really, of things that will help you to feel good, things that fill up your emotional bucket. So, you know, if you want some more ideas or you're a bit short on finding what they are and filling them, fitting them in with your life, make sure that you hit the subscribe button on this podcast so that it makes you aware when the next episode is is loaded up which is usually a Thursday morning if this is really useful to you please share it with your friends and please do go over to iTunes and leave a review I'd really love it if you did that Um, and then I'll see you again in the next episode bye for now